on today's episode of the Too Legit Show. Yes, we're back. Your your podcast app is not messing up, ladies and gentlemen. This is a brand new episode of the Too Legit Sports Show with your hostess with the mostest, Alex Fernandez. I'm back. I feel great. I did some yoga. I lost some weight. I'm not as chunky. It's pretty hilarious right now. My, my tummy's a little flat, but I'm a big boy still. Uh, if you see my interview with Eddie Hearn on the YouTube channel, interview uh, boxing reporter Eddie Hearn, he says he's going to help me get it off of me. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to do it together like a family. But, folks, let's focus on all the sports today. We got to talk NBA playoffs. It's going down between the Warriors and the Rockets. The Celtics and the Bucks go down tonight as I'm recording this show. Milwaukee, as I just said, what is it? Philly and Toronto. That's what we'll start out with. And, of course, Denver and Portland. Then we're going to dive in to all the latest NBA broken coaching, all that good stuff, followed by an NFL dra- draft quick talk. And then we'll dive into Canelo Jacobs to close the show, ladies and gentlemen. I cannot wait to get it started. Let's get the party started. The Too Legit Show is back, and it will be here every week on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, and everywhere you experience the Too Legit Show. Hit the beat. Or what are we doing, Oscar? Are we hitting the skit? Put the skit in. Your winner by majority decision and new start with last night's game Philadelphia and Toronto the Philadelphia 76ers have taken a two to one series lead Kawhi Leonard 40 points shooting 60% for the field and oh man that body language just said it all ladies and gentlemen he is ready for LA come and stay there in the offseason he is ready for the city of angels he may be over his teammates Pascal Siakam the most improved player in my opinion he didn't play great in game three in fact no other Raptor played great Kyle Lowry is just taking a dump on the floor in his hometown of Philadelphia. 12 points per game this series. He's even come out and said he needs to play a whole lot better in the series. And for them to have a chance, they need to, they uh, did not play great in game one. One game, I'm sorry, yeah, they won game two. Uh, and now game three back in Toronto, I mean Philadelphia rather, they played out of their minds. Joel Embiid hitting threes. Windmill Duncan. Jimmy Butler willing this team. Tobias Harris playing great. You know, a lot of people said you cannot win a title with J.J. Redick as your shooting guard. But look at here, look at now. The Philadelphia 76ers are up 2-1 in this series. And you know what? I'm kind of picking Philadelphia right now to win game four at home. I don't know if if Toronto can come back. Toronto is known for folding in the playoffs. I know they have Kawhi Leonard now. I know they have Danny Green. I know Pascal Siakam's a beast. I know Serge Ibaka has that playoff experience. You got Marcus Gasol in there distributing at an all-time efficient rate. But look right here right now. The Philadelphia 76ers right now have the upper hand. And they can stomp on the throat of the Toronto Raptors this weekend. I'm worried about the Raptors. I think Kawhi is already in Clipperland, ladies and gentlemen. I'm calling it right now. Kyle Lowry is, uh, yeah, he's doing his thing. Pascal Siakam is going to collect all the money and then some. And uh, maybe Toronto Siakam. A lot can happen with Toronto. A lot of changes are going to happen after this series. Whoever wins this series, I mean, Philadelphia wins it. Brett Brown is safe. We still don't know if Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris are going to stay. We don't know if they're going to trade either Ben or Embiid. A lot of questions in Philadelphia. As long as they keep winning, it's the best band-aid you can do on any situation. Is for Toronto... Like I said before, Kawhi, La La Land. Calling it like I see it and I expect them to uh, maybe just completely uh, restart from scratch. Let's talk about tonight's game, ladies and gentlemen. Boston Celtics against the Milwaukee Bucks. Tied 1-1 apiece. 
heading back to Boston. And folks, I, I can't underestimate how much Boston is missing Marcus Smart and how much Milwaukee is missing Malcolm Brogdon. Look, Marcus Smart was the Chris Middleton irritator. And Middleton looked like an Eastern Conference All-Star in Game 2. What can we say? 20-point blowouts on both sides to after the first two games. But Boston has accomplished something that no team could have accomplished in last year's series. And, that, and that's winning a game on the road. Boston's won a game on the road. Milwaukee's going to have to win one in the TD Garden. I think tonight, this is Boston's game to win. Uh, if Giannis comes out here like Superman again, play like in Game 2, it's a, a different thing. But Giannis has been pretty quiet in my opinion. He hasn't had the MVP performances in the first two games. Al Horford, the huge X-factor in this series right now. You know, Kyrie Irving only had nine points. Nine. Nine. Single digits in game two. I expect Kyrie to do big things, different things. I expect Jalen Brown to keep doing what he's doing. Al Horford to stay consistent. Jason Tatum is really the X factor. Uh, he hasn't played well according to stats in the past four months. My guy Chris, he disagreed with me. But look at this. This is not this isn't the Jason Tatum that hasn't that played last year. And I granted the touches are less, the plays are less, but you know, it's uh it's all about Gordon. Kyrie and Jalen Brown Horford in my opinion if Tate you get something out of Tatum you'll win this series in five or six I'm still picking Milwaukee to win this series in six games I'm assuming Milwaukee takes a game on the road tonight though I'm taking Boston to go up two to one Warriors and Rockets I can't underestimate this I don't know the referees were the biggest story in game one they were the biggest story before game two because Scott Foster was refing the game Scott Foster if Scott Foster would have had one of those uh, pre-fashion walk-ins. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you know how you, you you look at the tunnel and you see what the players are wearing before the game? If the referee Scott Foster would have had one of those, I would have lost it. There was so much focus on Scott Foster. And you know what? After the game, nobody complained the ref- about the referee. And the referee was pretty good uh, on both sides. The only complaint was the Draymond Nene double T. And they got rescinded. So good on them. Game three is huge. Houston obviously has to win this game. James Harden got poked in the eye. He was seeing blurry. He couldn't really see is what he was saying in the post-game post post press conference. He may have to come out there with an eye patch. Chris Paul's going to have to find something, some juice for that hamstring and get more than 13 points per game. Uh, role players will play better in the Toyota Center. And I expect Houston to win game three. The NBA needs game three to go in favor of Houston, okay? Do you understand what I'm saying right now? Do you understand what I'm saying? ESPN can't be losing $25 million a game. They needed to go more than four games. I believe if it hits five or six or seven, they start making revenue. If $25, 50000000 dollars per series, ladies and gentlemen. I, you know, that's all I'm saying right here, right now. Okay, that's uh, they, 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 yeah, don't be surprised. James Harden gets a lot of free throws. That's all I'm saying. They need to win game three. Maybe Golden State wins game four, right? And then they they take it back to us to be the happiest owner on earth right now. You get those, you get that extra game at home against the Clippers. You need to get that extra game at home against Houston. You're just making revenue. It's all good if you're the Warriors right now. Maybe he's telling them, "Hey, chill out a little bit. We need to, we need to get one back in uh, in Golden State." So, all good on that. I'm picking Rockets to win Game Three. I expect Harden to have a huge game. The crowd will be into it right away. It's a Saturday night in H Town. I expect Chris Paul to have a big game. All the role players to do great. Austin Rivers is doing good. Big adjustment I'd make, though. Clint Capella, no bueno. They completely have shut down the big Swiss machine, okay? Capella's looking like a $90 million thon maker out there, and we can't have that, okay? You may have to put Austin Rivers in the lineup, maybe Gerald Green in the starting lineup. There's got to be changes because Kerr is coming out with his death lineup, and uh, it's making a huge difference, okay? Moving on to the final series, you got Blazers and Nuggets. It's tied 1-1 apiece. I wouldn't be surprised if Denver won this in seven. Wouldn't be surprised if Portland won this in six. 
The Blazers are a great team. The Nuggets are a great team. But you know what? Portland did not play that great against Denver and got the W. You can even, you can even ask Nikola Jokic after the game, okay? Portland, if everybody is scoring, they're pretty unstoppable. If the ball is being shared and the points are being distributed, you can't really stop them. You know, Jokic is the highest usage rate. He runs the show in getting Nikola Jokic out of rhythm. You can get him tired. You can get him not distributing, not doing his thing. You can beat the Dens. going to be pivotal because I can see Portland winning both games in Portland, okay? Damian Lillard, MVP stuff right now. He is. This is his playoffs. Damian Lillard has established himself in this place. You got CJ McCollum. Man, I wish Yusuf Nurkic was healthy. Oh, that'd be a huge difference. I think Denver will win one up north. It'll be 2-2 going back to Denver. That series is probably going seven in my opinion. Back-to-back seven-game series for Denver. Let's keep it in the NBA. He chose the Phoenix Suns over the Los Angeles Lakers, okay? That's all bad and then some, okay? If you're choosing the Phoenix Suns, who have, who have gone through 20 coaches, okay? They've gone through, what, eight coaches in Devin Booker's era, it seems like. Devin Booker cannot get a consistent coach. I feel bad for him. Robert Sarver, cheap owner, and uh, he wants everybody to pay for the team's arena, and they're a terrible product on the court. He's challenging fans. He's like the James Dolan of the West Coast, yet... Monty Williams chose them over the Los Angeles Lakers. That, that just means the Lakers is a complete mess right now. So shout out to Monty Williams. He deserves a head coaching gig, and I hope he does well with Devin Booker and see whoever they draft in the and, and who they see who they draft. They get Zion. I think Morant is a better fit. You put Morant, Booker, Aiton. You build around that, and you figure out the rest later. Okay. Speaking of the Los Angeles Lakers, complete craziness right now. Complete shit show, if you ask me. Rob Palinka's running the thing, but Tyron Lue. Tyron Lou is doing the damn thing, ladies and gentlemen. What can I say about Tyron Lou? Okay, Tyron Lou is going to be the coach of the Lakers. Why? He's a former Laker, right? And he, he, Phil Jackson said he's great. He played with Kobe, and on the bottom of that is he coached LeBron James. They want to make it seem like that it was not a LeBron James call, but we all know LeBron had to sign, seal, and approve that hire. Tyron Lou is a Laker. We all know him for stepping, getting stepped over Allen Iverson, but he's got one more championship as a coach than Allen Iverson, and he won some with Phil Jackson. He's Kobe's boy, like I said again. It's a great hire. He's a Laker, all that and a bag of chips. Good for Tyron Lue. Hopefully uh, it works out, okay? Hopefully it works out. Tyron Lue can yell at LeBron, and uh, it, it will be a beautiful thing to see. I don't know how well they will be next year. I don't know what stars they acquire, but Tyron Lue on the bench. What, who, who else is a better pickup right now than Ty Lue? It's better than Jawan Howard. It's better than Jason Kidd. It's better than a laundry list of people. It's better than uh, Fred Hoiberg. You know what I'm saying? It's all better. Tyron Lue, welcome to La La Land. Final topic on this NBA rundown before we move over to the NFL draft is D'Angelo Russell. This man, D'Angelo Russell, has been flying private for way too long. He had to fly out of LaGuardia this week to get to Louisville. And you know what? D'Angelo Russell was hiding a little bit of weed. He was hiding some weed in his bag. He got founded. He got a little found. He got, he got found, right? It got found. And he got a little $100 ticket, whatever, whatever, to keep it moving. Folks, why, why doesn't he just buy the weed? It's not a big deal that he took weed. It's weed. It's marijuana, whatever, okay? Maybe he can't find it in Louisville. Why wouldn't he just buy it in Louisville? He's in a college town. He can go find it anywhere he'd like. Maybe he doesn't like the weed down there. Who knows? But he decided to bring it on the plane through LaGuardia in a can of Arizona tea. This man did the double jackpot right here. He did it all and then some, okay? He put contraband inside of contraband he put weed in you can't carry open containers in the airport when you go through tsa 
They even tell you when they wave the little water bottle on your face. If you got one of these, throw it in the trash. Okay, this man said, fuck all that. I'm putting my weed in an, in an Arizona can. Deal with it. I'm D'Angelo Russell. Did not work. Did not work on this day. So shout out to D'Angelo Russell for flying commercial and realizing that, oh my God, I can't do that. So it is what it is. D'Lo, we wish you the best if you stay in Brooklyn or if you sign a big Mac, a big uh, restricted free agent offer at another place, maybe Denver, I mean, maybe uh, Phoenix. Good for uh, D'Angelo Russell. So that's uh, that's D'Lo making some news. I'm sure Laker fans are really happy that D'Angelo's in trouble so they can forget that he was an Eastern Conference All-Star, averaged 20 points a game, and was traded uh, for Brooke Lopez. And uh, the pick ended up being uh, Kyle Kuzma, right? So, you know, it's kind of a fair trade. If, you know, it depends who you ask. And that's going to do it for my NBA talk. Let's shift over to the NFL draft. And uh, it, was, it was a fun time. I hung out at the Chargers. Draft party with my guy, Sports Guy David, and my homie, Coach Zezzy. I almost called him Steven. It is Steven, but it's Coach Zezzy, a.k.a. Steven. And we got to see the pick, the draft picks go on there. When the Chargers picked, it was hell on earth. You had to call the National Guard because people were going nuts. It smelled like reefer, alcohol everywhere. People were, were falling over themselves for a freaking hat. That They were throwing these hats in the crowd, right? And uh, it got a little out of control. People were getting stomped out. This lady's ankle was horrifically stepped on. She couldn't walk, but she was happy because uh, the Chargers made a great pick and she was hammered. So all in all, it was a great night of festivities. Let's talk about Kyler Murray real quick. Number one overall pick, as expected, Cliff Kingsbury was trying to play that poker face like Lady Gaga just to get a you know better draft value, uh, trade value rather for Josh Rosen. Did not work. Josh Rosen. He got traded to my, to Miami for, what, the 68th pick or whatever? Second round pick. Arizona already paid the bonus out. Rosen is basically playing for free in Miami, if you look at Miami's books. And you know what's so great about the Dolphins? They may get the number one pick next year because they're not committed to Rosen. Rosen could be a batter there after next season as well if he doesn't perform well. Okay, and it's a crap team on paper, so I don't really think he's going to win a lot of games. You got Tua. You got Grom out of Georgia, right? Jacob Grom. Jacob DeGrom. Out of Georgia, you got two out of Alabama, top, the top two quarterbacks in the class right there. So they may just reset and take all those guys and take those quarterbacks if Rosen sucks. Shout out to Steve Smith for completely shitting on Rosen. Uh, he didn't even do nothing. I mean, if you're drafting Kyler Murray number one overall, there's no quarterback competition. Okay, Steve Smith, there's that, that doesn't exist. You're drafting him number one all, overall to be the starting quarterback. And Cliff Kingsbury already said he's the starting quarterback. Speaking of car- quarterbacks, can we talk about the New York Giants? They drafted this guy Jones out of Duke because he's a Cutcliffe guy. And he reminds you of Eli Manning a little bit. And the Mannings can vouch for him. Okay, is it Dave Jones, David Jones? Uh, it's something with the D. Drew Jones? I don't know. I just know he's the quarter, he's the he's the backup quarterback in the New York Giants. Okay. They decided to take this pick. Gettleman is like, this guy's the man. He can sit behind Eli for a little bit and do the damn thing. Look, Eli's got probably one more year in the tank. And then you're gonna throw this guy out there, okay? You got Saquon Barkley, gotta use Saquon Barkley. Uh, to, to protect Eli and Jones at all costs, okay? So, shout out to the Giants. They took a quarterback. They didn't trade for Rosen. They value this kid higher than Josh Rosen. So, uh, yeah, that was a big shocker of the first round, in my opinion. Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins fell down to Washington, a guy who grew up in the DMV area, but he was a Giants fan. Ah, Giants passed on him, and now he's playing for the Washington R's, okay? Now, uh, it sucks he's going to be thrown right into that thing, right? He's just going to be... Uh, just thrown right into the fire and have no chance to really learn under somebody. Alex Smith, I think they're done with him, okay? I think they realize, ah, I don't know if he's going to be able to walk again. And then you got Colt McCoy. Wayne Haskins doing the damn thing. 
it's going down in Washington. And that's all I got to say about the NFL. Let's close the show with Canelo and Jacobs. Big boxing match this weekend. Saul Canelo Alvarez versus Danny Jacobs. I gave my thoughts on the Fight Show podcast and on my YouTube channel already, but I'm going to run it by you one more time. Danny Jacobs is the miracle man. He only has two losses. P-Rock by knockout, which was uh, pretty early in his career, and Gennady Golovkin in a very close decision. He is the IBF middleweight champion of the world. He's 32 years old. He survived cancer, ladies and gentlemen, and he's back. He's better than ever, and he is taking on arguably the pound-for-pound best fighter in the world. He's the face of Latin America boxing, okay? He may be the face of American boxing, considering there's no uh, big stars in the United States. I mean, Terrence Crawford is great. Errol Spence is great, but they're not pushing the needle like Canelo Alvarez. And Canelo is the WBC. He's the ring. I believe he's also the w- he possibly could be the WBA middleweight champion. He wants all the belts at middleweight. Long story short, I got Canelo winning this fight. It, it, I'm leaning towards a decision because Danny Jacobs is, is trained very hard. He is ready for this fight. This is the biggest fight of his career. Canelo's a beast, though. He could really hurt Danny Jacobs, especially if he keeps up that body attack that he did on Rocky Felding. Punching the body out. Canelo hits so darn hard. He has that finisher mentality. He's going to come forward. Danny Jacobs has to keep moving at all costs. Jabbing and moving similar to what Amir Khan did. Movement gives Canelo problems. You got to keep moving on him. I just think he's going to in the championship rounds. I'm taking Canelo by a unanimous decision. Something like 8-4, maybe 9-3. But Canelo Alvarez will walk out of there with, with all the belts. And you got to look forward to the Canelo Gennady Golovkin fight in September. Canelo Triple G number three is going to be Cinco de Mayo is the Super Bowl weekend for boxing. It's crazy out here. It's absolutely wild. And uh, I got Canelo winning the fight. It's a pretty good card. It's on the zone. You can stream it. You can get a trial and then cancel it immediately right after, which is a lot of people are going to do. A lot of my Latin Americans, they, they're so used to pay-per-view. They're so used to barbecue. No, just stream it. So just find a smart TV and figure it all out. That's it for me. You can follow me on all social media at Mr. Alex Fernandez. Links are in the description. Enjoy your fight weekend. Enjoy the NBA playoffs. And we will be talking to you soon next week. I got to bring a guest. Leave a comment of who you want to see come on the show. Peace.